Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Prophets Prey, the quietly terrifying new film by Oscar-nominated director Amy Berg, who also did Deliver Us from Evil, as well as West of Memphis, continues her trenchant investigation into patriarchal abuse couched under the protective guise of religion and systemic flaws in our criminal justice system. The acclaimed documentary, which debuted at Sundance Film Festival, is largely set against the deceptively bucolic scenery of the American heartland, and it explores the fundamentalist church of the Latter-day Saints, a polygamous, unsanctioned offshoot of the Mormon church run by a tyrannical, self-proclaimed prophet by the name of Warren Jeffs. And that is just a tease because we're going to get into all of the amazing detail here in this remarkable documentary. And that would be Prophets Pray, and that's spelled P-R-E-Y. And we're joined today by the director of that film, and that would be Amy Berg. Amy, welcome to Film School. Thanks, Mike. Nice to be on. Oh, thank you uh, so much for, for coming back. Uh, you were here for Deliver Us From Evil, and what a remarkable documentary that was. And here we are again in the realm of religion and religious abuse. Talk to me a little bit about what happened. How did you come to this story? Well, I came to the story through John Krakauer, who is the author of Under the Banner of Heaven, and Sam Brower, who's a private investigator. Um, who wrote a book called Prophets Pray. Uh, they were, well, John Krakauer's book, Under the Banner of Heaven, is actually being made into a feature by Imagine Entertainment here in Los Angeles. And he wanted to make sure that a documentary was uh, produced on Warren Jeffs because it was really the inspiration for uh, Warren Jeffs' cult, the FLDS in Colorado City, was the inspiration for his book, um, Under the Banner mm-hmm. of Heaven. So they approached me. They had seen Deliver Us from Evil, and um, I did see a lot of similarities in the story, um, even though it's a completely different premise for the faith. There are a lot of um, similar traits in the two, um, we'll say, religions, loosely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, um, it. so getting into this story, obviously Sam Brower, the, the private investigator, who seem to have done an awful lot of the heavy lifting in terms of getting to know what was actually going on within the FLDS and um and understanding the really the 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 breadth of the uh influence and power over these people that not only did Warren have but also his father Rulon have Rulon, yep. yeah had over these people um at was when, as you were hearing about this, as you were sort of be getting up to speed on what was going on uh, in uh, at that time, were they in um, um, where were where was they headquartered? Well, Creek, what was it called? Um, Short Creek. Yeah, and there's still a lot of people still live in Short Creek. Yeah, um, sure. There are different um, groups that have popped up within the FLDS in different areas across the country. Okay. But Short Creek is where their greatest population resides today was was there any sort of incredulity on your part when you were hearing about some of these things did did even sam at that time understand the sort of the depth and breadth of this control 
that the Jeffs uh, had over these people. I mean, what was your first reaction? I mean, the Catholic Church is one thing. It's been around yeah. 2,000 years or whatever, 1,500 years. We know about it. But this is something that we kind of know about because of polygamy. We understand that's sort of been part of the culture mm-hmm. going way back in within the, the Latter-day Saints uh, past. But what was your first reaction when you started to hear about this? My reaction was I heard Warren Jeff's voice, and I was alarmed that he had such a large following because I, I know, you know, I've done a lot of research on Jim Jones and David Koresh and you even David Miscaviage, and I could not believe that this man who speaks in a monotone yeah. drone yeah. and looks the way he does commanded such authority with um, over 10,000 people. So I was really alarmed. And so I, and the the other shocking thing is that Warren Jeffs is in prison. He's been, he was captured in 2007 and he's been behind bars, you know, for a good six, a good eight years at this point. And I, I couldn't understand how a person could still be leading this many people from a federal prison. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about kind of the internal workings of um, of the fundamentalist Church of the Latter Day Saints. Uh, they're a breakaway, as they I think they're. I, I don't know. Are they proud of the fact that they sort of broken away from the mainstream Latter Day Saints Church? Is that a badge I, of honor? They believe that they are the true. Um, Latter-day Saints. They, they believe that the LDS Church has abandoned its core principle, being polygamy. So when they split early on, um, a lot of little splinter groups, when the LDS Church abandoned polygamy in 1896, a lot of splinter groups popped up, and this is one of them. They just happen to be the strongest one, and they've been going strong for, you know, for a long time now, over 100 years. Um, and Warren Jeffs, Ruland Jeffs, his father that you mentioned a little earlier, was he employed um, what is called one-man rule, which is basically a totalitarian approach to religion. Um, and he gives, it gives him complete control. And Warren, who is a very sick man, yeah. um, he, he took this to another level. He started marrying more wives, younger wives. He, when his father had a stroke, he started kind of planning his attack and he basically, you know, planning his takeover of, of this group. And it just, it got, it, it went to a whole other level of darkness and criminal activity when Warren took over. Well, let, I want to go back because uh, the, the, this idea of polygamy, and this is... Sort of the it it's sort of to me when I when I when I in in terms of this story polygamy seems to crack the door open into a world of immorality that allows a lot of things to to sort of fa- find their way into this doctrine right now right. so this was uh, by Joseph Smith's account going back to the founder of uh, the Latter Day Saints this was a, 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 a revealed to him by God as and as the most important revelation that he received is this polygamy thing right right all right so that and then this next thing in the list of things that just are disturbing Rulon and Warren both assumed the the mantle of prophet is this self-designated nobody designated them prophet they just took it at them upon themselves to call themselves prophet is that correct right Right, and then, and with Warren, he wasn't as popular as his father was with the people, so he 
basically used his father's death to um, to seize control. He was getting messages first from Rulon after he passed away. That was how he was staying connected to the people. He was getting prophecies from Rulon's death. And then, after a while, he just stopped using Rulon's name, and he was just getting prophecies directly from above, and he proclaimed himself as the new prophet. We're speaking with Amy Berg. She's the <clears throat> director of the new film, a uh, new documentary film, Prophets Pray. Uh, going back to Warren's voice, because it's an important part. You introduce it into the film very quickly. We get this sort of the sense of of this, as you droning, <clears throat> it's so, <clears throat> excuse me, there's sort of a, um, a vapid, <clears throat> pardon me, vapid quality to the things that he says. And I wonder sometimes when I, it, that it's so vapid that it, to some people, must sound like the most distilled version of the truth. But for somebody who's not a believer, it just sounds like vapid uh, nonsense. And so, I, again, I just, you know, sort of where you come down when you hear something like that, the people who buy into it and those who don't. I, is it, what is it, do you think, is it about the people who have been so willingly or willing to follow, th- follow him? Is there, is there some, and I don't want to besmirch the, these people for no good reason, but I want to understand what's going on here. Why do they follow him? Well, it's, I think that you have to understand that this is indoctrination to the highest degree. I mean, it's not these people. You say you use the word will, and they don't have a, they don't have any will. Okay. They can't, they are born into this group. Their parents are born into it. Their grandparents are born into it. So it's multi generational indoctrination, and they know nothing else. They, yeah. I mean, it's all the reason I compared it to the Catholic Church is I found connection to the incentives towards the afterlife, very interesting and similar, because in the FLDS, uh, women, you you might wonder why a woman would become a sister wife, why would you want to be part of a family with, you know, 20 other wives, Um, but they believe that the more, if they are with a man who has many wives, that they have a closer chance, they, they are closer to getting to the afterlife. It's about power with them. And, and you know, the more children they have, the more powerful they are. So it's an internal ladder that is designated, you know, towards the afterlife. And it's just very, um, it's, it's beyond brainwashing. It's just indoctrination is the best word I can use to describe it. Yeah, and I think you hit on it, that, that this kind of uh, bubble that they live in. Is 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 an absolute necessity for for that to and be it's able. Fear. To. It's completely based on fear. I mean, they believe that if they wear the color red, then they're damned. They believe if they eat certain foods, that it, it, I mean, these are. It's so deep with them, yeah. and so I think that that we have to be sensitive to what they've been taught and try to find a way to, you know, understand that. You know, through, through the film, I you know I tried to do that because I because the goal is. For people to wake up and try to get away from this man, because uh, yeah. as John Krakauer and Sam Brower say in the film and in their books, you know, the, the fear is like, what if there is another Jonestown or Waco? And that, you know, that is a real fear, because Warren has nothing to lose 
by taking his 10,000 people down with him. And that's a number. Uh, there are an estimate 10,000 people that are involved with the Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints Church. Uh, and, and they've moved around. They've moved. I love that thing where when they were, uh, they, they lived, what was the street called? Uzona? They lived on Uzona. Yeah. They lived on the border of Arizona and Utah, right on the mm-hmm. border. In the middle of the town was a street called Uzona that they mm-hmm. had created. And so in case the things got hot on one side or the, or the other of the border, they could just kind of walk across the street. I just, that tells you a lot about this group. Just, just that alone. Um, well, that, I mean, that's the, the interesting thing that we're not talking about there is that the fact that they are crossing state lines allows them to break more laws. Oh, because true. if it happens on one side of the street, it's not illegal. And they have been very crafty in that way. They've, They've got security equipment installed all over the street, so they spy on not only their people, but anyone who enters the town. And they live in this kind of third-world mentality. And that was the thing I noticed when I first went down there. It, it reminded me of when I visited Pakistan in 2008. I mean, it, it's got that same type of culture. Well, and 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 as far as the kind of the the logistics of of uh prophets pray amy uh you have man you have been able to get a lot of people who have left the church you've gotten obviously sam and uh sam brower and john Krakauer that to be a part of the sort of telling the story but you've got some of his uh, some of warren jeff's a couple of his brothers his sister and the allegations former wives former wives wife. yeah so a lot of people that have been on the inside have seen it challenge mm-hmm. and can and uh, with tremendous credibility. But let's talk about a little bit about um, there's two areas I want to explore in the few minutes I have with you. Um, one is the 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 business model that they've been able to create, which is worth millions upon millions of dollars and has brought been brought to uh, profit for uh, Warren Jeffs. But also some of the uh, these. I mean, troubling. I mean, there's there's uh, underage. I mean, these w- girls are being married off at 14, 15 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, there's a whole bunch of criminal activity going on. But let's talk about the sort of the, the scope of the business model here. That was, again, frightening. Please, a little bit about that. Yeah, okay. Well, in um, when the um, Olympics came to Salt Lake City, Warren convinced everybody that they needed to sell their houses. They, and these are... The followers that were in Salt Lake City at the time were very successful business people. They had contracting businesses. That's, that is um, the biggest type of uh, industry in the FLDS, but there are a lot of others as well. And so he convinced everyone to sell all their houses and turn all their money in to him. And then he bought and he placed people in homes in Short Creek, which is Colorado City. And so, that, so then they really kind of had turned everything over to Warren. Um, and the trust the trust at that point that they created was worth $110 million. Yeah. Now, because um, Warren's in, in prison, the state seized trust. So the state now can designate whether people can keep their houses or not. So there's a, this real climate of fear in, in Short Creek at this time. But since then... Um, New monies are going into Warren's brother, Lyle, who is now running the church. And so you have all these construction businesses that employ underage kids. They they get government contracts and huge contracts with, like, Walmart to lay down the concrete and build Walmarts across the country. Um, They they produce lighting equipment that is in 
every um, industry in what, this country. It, right. And right. Amy, that's called Reliance or Reliant? Is that Reliance right? Electric. I want yes. to name some names based of Reliant. On, and they, they helped Pond you. Creek is yeah. a concrete company. Yeah. So that's okay. Bayes and Reliance. And so what's going on with these companies is they are able to underbid other other competitors because they they have children at the age of like six or seven or eight going up you know into their teens working on these jobs and so they don't report income and so it's all half of the money that they're making is going into the church so it's hundreds of millions of dollars that's being funneled tax free into the hands of Lyle Jeff so now finally there's a new attorney general in. Uh, Utah and the Department of Labor has been investigating with Sam Brower um, to try to put a stop to this. But, I mean, it's it's very, very scary. Yeah. Well, and, and, by the way, we're speaking with Amy Berg, the director of the documentary um, Prophets Pray. She uh, will be a part of a, a panel tonight uh, um, at—let me start over. They're screening Prophets Pray at the Arclight Theater uh, tonight, oh, well, this week, certainly, but tonight and tomorrow night, there, there'll be a series of panels. And uh, tonight is Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell at the 715 screening. Uh, and then uh, and t- you'll be there tomorrow, uh, Saturday, uh, for a 415 screening. I don't know if you have a moderator for that yet. But at the 715 screening, there's a Henry Rollins will be there with Amy and Sam, Sam Brower as well. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, Henry is all keyed up about this, so oh. I don't have to be an interesting <laughs> for sure. Gee, really? Henry Rollins is all charged up about something? That, that's <laughs> that's it's interesting. It's a surprise. <laughs> God, he's, he is that, that's the kind of person that should be... Uh, that, if we were looking for a new president, that's the kind of person I would be endorsing. That guy is so smart. Yeah, and Henry's a friend of, of, the, of the station, uh, so it's great to, great to see him involved as well. It's just such a wonderful film. Uh, in so many ways, we've just... Honestly, we've just scratched the surface. I think you really need to see it because it's jaw-dropping at at many different points in the film. The people that you talk to, their stories are compelling and terrifying and enraging. Uh, the sexual abuse. There's rampant criminal behavior taking place here. This is not. A, this is not a religion. It's a criminal enterprise, in my opinion, Amy. That's uh, right. And don't forget that Nick Cave is um, oh. doing the narration, and Nick Cave and Warren Ellis do the beautiful score in the film. Yes, thank, um, you. thank you. And it probably won't be at the ArcLight for long, so it would be nice to. You know, to see it on the big screen if you can. Yeah, and it's beautifully shot. Uh, well, you're Peter Donahue. Is that your? Uh... Yes, Peter Donahue. He did a beautiful job. He's such an amazing um, cinematographer. Well, again, thank you so much. It's uh, a second time at uh, film school, and so appreciative of your time and of your filmmaking. You've just been a remarkable filmmaker. Please continue to the great work you're doing. I hope you're working on something fun and interesting, uh, so you can come back. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Take it easy. Have a nice weekend. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.